Welcome, everybody. Bob Jeswold here for the Bob Jeswold Show this week. You know, I'm very spontaneous. I always tell people this. I don't know where you live in the country, but before I get to my guest, I just got to show you something. Chuck Williams from the Chuck Williams Show brought this in to me. You know what this is? If this is a visual podcast, I'm sorry. If you're on Spotify or Apple right now or iHeart, you're not going to see it on these reachable uh, ways of consuming our podcast. But I'm going to consume this hot dog, beef dog, wrapped inside a glazed donut. I'm not kidding. Can you imagine it? I took a bite of it. It was spectacular, by the way. And I'm not a junk food person because this this podcast is all about health, fitness, community, give back, and all this good stuff. So we don't want to do that anyway. So anyway, tonight on the Bob Jeswold Show, you're going to meet someone who will help you understand the value of history and its preservation. So we're going to discover a historical town in Georgia that has found a new home in Columbus. It's all coming up because you have to know where you were to know where you're going to go in the future. That's right. That's coming up next on the Bob Jeswald Show. Personal power. People positive. The community of connection. This is the Bob Jeswald Show. Okay, so this next guest is just fantastic. She, her eyes smile when she looks at you. This is a visual podcast. She did not know that no this is visual. And she's just by her own beauty. She always says, she goes, Bob, it looked terrible. I didn't know I was going to. And she looks great. She's crazy. So it is visual. It's Tara Martinez. Say hello to everybody. Hi. She is the chief operating kind of officer and a public information person of historical uh, Georgia. This is really what we're talking about. This is, this is Westville. Uh, historic Westville that moved to Columbus, Georgia recently to preserve this old town and, and, and to recreate where we were in the past in this part of Georgia. There are so many places, Tara, around the country in the United States. This is what this podcast is for. Anybody listening anywhere could be facing some similar challenges too. We've got COVID going on, mm-hmm. economies up and down like a roller coaster. And now we're talking about, you know, preservation of these wonderful and historical sites and uh, this this applies to to me anyone in the US yeah everybody's kind of struggling with covid and operations especially small businesses and i think one of the things that people don't realize that we at historic westville they kind of you know we if you look at other museums and other organizations that are similar in the area like the columbus museum or the national infantry museum or oxbow meadows or the science center all of those organizations have the funding or backing from larger organizations. The Columbus Museum has Muskogee County Schools. The National Infantry Museum has the military, and they have the federal funding. Oxbow is attached to CSU and Waterworks, whereas we at Historic Westville, we're completely and totally separate. So we really depend on private donors, foundations, citizens, admission, um, visitation. You know, we, we had an entire year planned for events last year, and COVID came and all of that kind of went out the window. You know, we ended up having to shut our doors for seven, eight months last year. You have volunteers, right? Is there, are there any paid people on staff besides yourself, obviously, and a few, in the, you know, that would be in parts of operations. But most of the, I want to say the actors portraying the, the old historical uh, areas of, you know, West, you know, historic Westville coming to Columbus, Georgia, they're walking there in the same way they were dressed in 1800s. And that, are they, are they, they are paid. Paid. Okay. Mm-hmm. The they majority are paid. of okay. our interpreters are paid. We okay. do have a few volunteers that come in and they do wear um, 19th century clothing, but all of our staff that are there every day when we're open for operations are paid staff. Interesting. That mm-hmm. is really interesting. I know a few, this is a while back, but I had Coca-Cola Space Science Center on and we did a podcast with our kids over in Japan and we, we did a zoom and I had, uh, you know, Sean Cruz in here, who's the director of that operation. But as you just pointed out, people got to understand this, 
they, they were supported by the university here. And when you're full non for profit and you're you're trying everything you can, it, it's it's so critical. Why is this important? Because you and I have, you know, we've we've talked a few times. But to me, historical sites and and, and some of these things were recreated and brought back over. But some they replicate. When I go there, this looks like I am taken back to the 19th century, early and mid 19th century, and it's like it's incredible what you guys do. This is history. Well, every single one of our buildings outside of the blacksmith shop, the blacksmith shop is the only reproduction. That's it. Every single one of those buildings is a 19th century building. And they bring it back, which is so remarkable, when they bring it in pieces and put it back together, it looks like it was actually built on the site. You guys Mm -hmm. do such a wonderful job. It's so, if anyone listening that could go to these historical preservation sites, wherever you are in the U.S., if you're visiting Columbus, Georgia, Fort Benning, like as Tara pointed out, the National Entry Museum is right across the street with Oxbow Medals, and then there's Historic Westville of Columbus now. <laughs> but it's um, it's 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 a, it's a must-do on a list to the see. The move was painstaking. It was painstaking. It, yeah. it was a very long process, and if you understood how difficult it is, and especially you have all of these buildings, and they had already been moved previously to our site in Lumpkin, so the site in Lumpkin opened up, um, was we opened in there in 1966 is when the corporation was created or Historic Westville was created. 1971 is when we opened to the public. But all of those buildings were moved from other areas in Georgia. So the original site started with Colonel John West, um, his cabins and stuff that came from the Jonesboro area. So up near Atlanta, everybody, you know, on your way to Atlanta, you see the signs for Jonesboro. Um, so all of these buildings have been moved two, three, four times already since wow. they were built. Um, but the just to see how they're taken apart and how even, you know, moving from Lumpkin, coding and ordinances and all of that changed. So back in Lumpkin, they were sitting on stacked stone foundations. Well, then they moved to Columbus, and we had to now put them on, you know, level cinder block foundations. Um, so just all of the stuff that went into that and trying to re-level the buildings. And, you know, you can walk into it, and it, like any old building, it shifts, and there's this ceilings are a little cockeyed and some of the windows don't necessarily open and stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, the move was just, it was a very arduous process, a very arduous process. And it took longer than we expected. It cost way more than expected. And that was a big part of kind of um, our struggle too, before COVID, you know, is just the cost of the move was way higher than what we anticipated. And that that's the most germane point because you got, if you see how these, buildings are and they're the original buildings but they have to be moved in a precise way if they're damaged or destroyed you you ruin history so you got the most cream of the crop participating in this process i would think engineers you got so many things people got to understand this this is not something okay get a couple guys in a weekend get a couple pickup trucks with trailer flatbeds and just slap these and i don't think anybody really had any idea what they were getting into that was involved in the process i mean if you talk to the contractor now he would probably say I will never do that again. (laughs) (laughs) It's like having somebody building a custom home. That's my last one. Well, and he'll tell you, like, it wasn't one project. Mm -hmm. We have 17 buildings on site. So we have a large footprint. So it was really 17 individual projects in one. You're having to manage all of those. And then, you know, we're also trying to bring it up to where we can work on site and have our POS systems, all that stuff. So just planning infrastructure and utilities. And I mean, everything that went into it was just, there was a lot. <laughs> What's the miles? How far did we have to travel from Lumpkin, Georgia to Columbus, Georgia? I 
Okay, don't quote me. Yeah, sure. I want to say it's 27 miles, and I may yeah. be off. It's around 45 minutes. So okay, yeah. If you figure you got to move slow, I mean, this is something during well, a certain Well, and some time of the day. buildings were too wide or too tall to move through Georgia and had to actually go through Alabama and Are come around. Are you kidding me? Mm-mm. I never even – That's yeah. now that is crazy. Because of the direct line. I mean, you must mm-hmm. be underpass a bridge or somewhere would well, interfere. coming into Fort Benning, especially, Fort Benning. right? The yeah, overpass. that's right. I keep forgetting mm-hmm. about that. You have that mm-hmm. new overpass now mm-hmm. on 20, and both ways. You couldn't even yep. go on post. No. You're, nope. so you're either way you're buildings. doomed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so a couple of our buildings had to go through Alabama. And then you got to think, too, like we had to drop power lines. Um, like in Lumpkin, we had to drop the power lines. We had, I mean, there was, the process is just oh, wow. very involved. See, you don't even, this is what, this is why we got to keep this thing going. This is great to put this much effort into something. If anybody listening could go any place, do you know of any other places in the U.S. that you think off the top of your head that would be similar? Uh, so everybody talks about Williamsburg. Williamsburg, That's okay. That's very That's similar. One. You okay. know, we had a guest come in, and I think it was last week. And um, it's funny because people always kind of compare Paris to like, oh, you could be another Williamsburg. We had a guest that come, came in last week, and she said, you know, I've been to Williamsburg a few times, but she, guys, she goes, you guys were so much better. This was wow. wonderful. Well, yeah, that uh, was huge. That's that a was nice huge. compliment yeah. to you and your staff. Yeah. That, okay, so people, if you've been to Williamsburg, and everyone knows where that is, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, that's a national site, and you think about that, and just the historical sites there, too, with the military, and you're here in Fort Benning, we have NIM, we have, we have Oxwell, and then guess what, bam, right there, mm-hmm. we have Westville, Georgia, smack dab right in Columbus, and that trifecta there, so I it's, mean, we it's, really are our own little cultural district down there, and we've talked to, and this is something we would like to plan in the future, on how to, um, go about doing it with the city is to redistrict that area into an actual cultural district because we do have the infantry museum we do have oxbow meadows we have the golf course and then you know we have us and they're talking about possibly expanding the river walk around there that trail and even fort benning and i don't know if this is still going to happen fort benning was talking about opening up their environmental center to the public as well um so we, we really are just a very hidden at the end of the dead end road cultural area mm-hmm. you know this is, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm flabbergasted because what, if we had to make one point, if anyone can help, I mean, there's people out there, I mean, whether they want to be uh, an actor or somebody to kind of help support or We're advocate always looking for or looking for volunteers, this is a way for community to give back. If we were to tell anybody, if somebody just listening going, okay, all right, it's some from the 19th century, dude, you know, do I really care about the, you know, I'm not really into history. Why is this important? History is very important. And I think, and especially as we get further and further away from kind of the way things were done, and we're so technology driven now, I mean, everything's smartphones and computers. And so we kind of forget where all of these modern day things came from and how they started. And then without history, without knowing your history, how do you progress and how do you grow and how do you change and improve as a society? You have to know where you came from. Um, one of the things that's different about us, and if you haven't been to a living history museum or someplace like Williamsburg, is that we do have people that are dressed in 19th century clothing, and they're showing you crafts that would have been done that way. Mm-hmm. We have a blacksmith. We have a quilter. We have somebody that works with leather. And you um, hear it in the background, a clink, yeah. clink, and the people walking around. You feel like you're in what, even the 17 different structural buildings that you have, 16 of those the original and one that was redone, but it, it, you, in, in the, the dirt road, I know that, that that's another, was another arduous task <laughs> yeah. you guys had, I heard what you were telling me, but the, uh, you know, you're there, you feel like you're in an old town. 
I mean, I, I feel like this is a town of where we're, we're in. Oh, we're in West Westville, but now it's now off of Lumpkin, South Lumpkin, which, is just which came ironic, from Lumpkin, right, Georgia. The irony, the Westville area. So that that's what's really crazy. When you, I don't know, that wasn't even done. It was not it's just the way it happened. Yeah. yeah, but it was very. That's kind of cool, though. That is know? cool. That yeah. was my first. I thought that I thought when that <laughs> happened, that was like a strategic move or something. But yep. you, what you told me, mm-hmm. so. The, it, history is important. We all know that. We all know it, to, to be able to touch and feel. You, you hit the nail on the head when you said technology. What technology could you have? I don't care how well it could be in 3D or whatever, but to be smelling that wood, to see those buildings, to feel it, to be physically there takes you back. Like mm-hmm. you said, the Riverwalk, they're, they're preserving these old mills, these river mills that were once before helped power plants mm-hmm. to help generate for the Swift textile right. family and stuff like All that. All of back the in industry 1800s. that began here in Columbus. And they're mm-hmm. converting, and they, they were able to take the original lettering on the buildings and redo it. It brings you back. Mm-hmm. So does Westville. Mm-hmm. When I was, it brings you back. I, I wouldn't even know, how, how does it feel like to be in the 1900s and, and the dress <laughs> and the clothing? That the, Well, you know, my staff's always trying to get me to dress up, and I'm always like, no, you know, that's I, not That would be me. fun to see you. That would be fun. <laughs> but I, I have been told I need to do it at least once yeah. before and if I ever yeah. leave Westville, that I need to don the costume. Yeah. I said 1900s. <laughs> let me correct myself. I meant to no, say 18th century. 19th that, century, correct, still so. like early yeah. Yeah, turn of. Yeah. But but it, it's it's just you you could think of your great grandparents. Anybody listening to this podcast thinking how was it back when grandma was here? And how many times we say that you kind of sometimes fantasize mm-hmm. about that and you say, mm-hmm. well, what would it be like? You can physically right. go there. So think of how much more of an experience for children that are in school that are learning these time periods in. You know, whether it's fourth grade, eighth grade, you know, because I, I believe it's eighth grade now where they do like state history. Um, but, you know, when you start learning about history in school, how much better do the kids in our area have it to be able to have a hands on experience? Because it's it's a tactile learning experience. And we know that everybody learns differently. Right. right. So to be able, though, to to see it and touch and experience that and to imagine the retention level from what they're actually learning Versus just a textbook. That's it. Thank you. There, there's nothing more. If you're a visual person, you cannot get that. It's impossible. Right. There's no way you can recreate it technologically in the modern world, but to get there, right. that's the great picture you just painted. Because I, I think that's what people got to understand how important it is, whatever they can do. It's another effort on a Bob Jesuit show for community and give back to could you give back if you want some way to support. Yeah, I mean, this whether it's just, way. you know, Coming, bringing your family, um, making a donation. You know, all of our craftspeople in the village, they make stuff that we sell in our gift store. Um, yeah. I, I love our director of education because she's actually now up in our um, gift store because I don't, Jamie and Kevin are both gone now. Yeah. Um, so she's multitasking. She's a man of uh, a man. Oh my goodness, she would, right. she would kill me if I said that. Well, maybe, she, maybe back in the early nineteen hundreds, she was. <laughs> she um, could play both parts. No, there? she's she's just amazing. Yeah. But she is working on trying to create some kind of like window shop on our Facebook sure. page, so you can kind of see um, the crafts and stuff that we have, and that we're the stuff that we're selling in our gift store that's made in the village. That stuff that you can't buy now no. in a yeah. regular store. You know, everything's manufactured. Um, so that's an, you know just coming and supporting, purchasing stuff that's made in the village coming there to buy gifts for people, you know. Because they actually make the crafts back of that yes, time. Yes, yes. And they make <laughs> them just, in yeah. the village. And, you know, some of this, we do always say that there's kind of a balance between modern and historical. So, I mean, right. they are doing um, historic crafts, right? So they're all of their leather, all of the leather working is done using historic tools. But we do try to make some modern-day items. Okay. So it's know. not a, comp- I'm going to say it's an acronym or like that would be in a written form, but 
something that's like a misplaced item in time or something, but they're used some of the old. Because we want something that people are going to be able to use and display. Today. And but say, hey, this mean? came from Historic Westfield, and this is sort of like what they had. This well, wristband. so that's one of the things that we yeah. have actually is bracelets now that yeah. you can purchase up at the um, gift store, and you can take it down, and the kids can actually stamp it. Oh, that's themselves. cool. That's so they, the they understand that type of technology right, back right. in that time. And then when they you have something leather. that they made and experienced in the gift store, you know, in the village to be able to take home with them as a memory. That's that's terrific. Yeah. That to me is, is just I, I oh makes <laughs> me no, I mean I love it. It's hours of operation. So how has it been impacted? We've, we already have reduced hours since we've opened okay. back up for COVID and we've honestly talked about adjusting that possibly again. Um, it's a struggle. You know what I mean? We, mm-hmm. Like, so when we first opened here in Columbus, we were open Tuesday through Sunday. Okay. Tuesday through, Sunday, Tuesday through Saturday. And then we adjusted our hours because we said, okay, Sundays are not a super busy day. So let's work on, we were getting field trips. We had field trips booked every single weekday that we were open. Sure. Um, and so when COVID hit, uh, we had to cancel a lot of field trips. You know, um, Sundays were not a busy day for us, so now we're open Saturdays. But now the NIM has kind of reopened um, partially as well, but they're only open Saturday and Sunday. So, like, do we gauge visitation and possibly open back up on Sundays since people will be coming to the NIM? Mm-hmm. Or do we stay with what we're doing now, which is Wednesday through Saturday, because Sundays were not a – you know, you have to balance how much does it cost for us to be open versus how much we're bringing in for revenue. And we never break even. We're You know, what people don't realize is that museums, on average – only 10 to 20% of their revenue comes from adv- admissions and visitation. We rely on donors, community support, sure. foundations. You know, that's we heavily rely on that stuff. And we try our best to fill in those gaps. You know, over the summer, we were involved with um, the schools. They had the summer program. Mm-hmm. So we did outreach. So that's one thing we're looking at for this fall. We may not be able to do field trips again because of the Delta variant. And we're... I'm sure we're going to see another virtual shut, you know, schools are going to go back to virtual or back to the option. And so we're probably not going to have field trips again this fall. And so we've talked about how do we adjust that? Maybe we can continue to do outreach. So over the summer with the summer educational program, we went into the schools and we did paper making. We did leather um, stamping with the kids. Um, So that's something that we could still do, you know, with schools. If the field trip is not an option is allow us to come into the school and create a program for them in the school. That's thinking out of the box. Way too affordable. Right. Yeah, it is. (laughs) is. But But, but there's still, and and I don't mean to be so, I mean, I, I I plot, I think that's a great thing, but the sad thing is, is still you're losing with the whole purpose is is to get, we have lost a huge, we've seen a huge decline in just visitation in general, since COVID, I think there's still a lot of hesitancy for people to, to go out and do things. Um, we're really reasonably priced. And you're we outdoors. Still, a lot of it is outdoors. It is. Though. A it lot is. of the and experience can be outdoors. And we are still following um, fairly strict protocol. Like all of our um, staff wears masks. Mm-hmm. We only allow six people in a building at a time. We are still trying to keep social distancing. Um, so even in the indoor spaces, we're still trying to, you know, use caution. Okay. Um, but we do, we have a large outdoor space, you know, so you can bring your family, come have a, a picnic out there. Yeah. And you have, um, and we're less than the cost of a movie ticket. Thank you. Yeah. Come on. This is, this, so I liked, here's the thing with, when I say you got, you got the NIM, we've got these other locations all around. What's remarkable about that? Is there any way that you guys share like, Hey, while you're here, don't so forget have, to check. Well, we do. So we do that. You know what I mean? We tell people too. And especially if things are going on, that's one thing that we, we you know, like, Hey, if you're coming to um, historic Westville today, 
Oxbow's also got this going on, and the NIMS got this going on. So spent, plan to spend an entire day on our side of town. You know, you can come see all of these sites. And, you know, the difference between us, again, and a lot of these other museums is we have to charge entry and admission into our museum, whereas the NIM, they ask for a donation. Oxbow only charges if they're having a program. Um, so, th- again, that's a difference between us. So a lot of people think, well, why do you have to charge admission? They think we're a for-profit, you know, business. And it's like, no, we're not, you know – an amusement park, we're a history museum, but people think of us as more of an amusement park and not as a museum because we're not, you know, art galleries sure. and no touch and all of that. So we're a very different type of museum. And so it's kind of letting people know, like, hey, we are still a nonprofit, we are still a museum, and we do, we, we have to charge admission and we do rely on, you know. It would be a sad thing. I mean, you're talking about the 60s when you, you guys came, you know, in existence and, and doing this, Historic Westville and Westville, and it's it's been... Um, this historical site has been known locals here. I, I even know certainly night. You just know everybody. If you know. grew up in Columbus, yeah, you know, yeah. you went to historic Westville in fourth or fifth grade is for a field trip. Yeah. Everybody remembers right. their fourth or fifth grade field trip to historic Westville. I think what you're, you're with everything, what you're doing in the board, you're, you're trying to find different ways to do this. Is there any, I mean, I know we are you always at the, it's always the bottom line. It's always money. And we have to try to keep this thing going. What can what could be another possibility? I'm, I'm thinking to to get people listening to to just come visit. Maybe coming visiting would bring those donations, would then create that kind of energy or well, synergy. And word of mouth, right? And because I think mouth. one of our biggest struggles, especially since moving, is letting people know that we are here and we are open. Um, we have people call all the time or still show up to our old location in Lumpkin. They're like, hey, I'm trying to find you. Where are you? I'm well, okay. in, you know, and I'm like no, I'm sorry, we're in Columbus now, you know, or, oh, you moved? We didn't even know you are moved. Oh, wait, you're back open again? Yeah, we've been open since, you know, yeah. and obviously we shut down pretty much, what, six months after we, we yeah. did our grand opening. Yeah. We had to close down because of COVID. Um, but again, it's just an exposure thing too. So a sure. lot of people are just, have never heard of us, have never come to visit because they don't know that we're out here. And how many do we know? And I know I asked this before. Of course, we know about West, and we know about Virginia, but what about like Williamsburg and places like that? But what other places in the United States? Because I'm thinking, I mean, you've got West, like Salem and those Salem, types of places those, yeah. here in Georgia. Um, I'm, I always forget what it's called now. I always call it Agarama or Agarama, you know. And it's I know it's not called that now, right? Um, but it's still about three hours south of here, and they okay. do something fairly similar, but not to the same level that we do. Um, there are not a lot in this region, honestly. Even if you go to Alabama, you have old Alabama town yeah. where it's a bunch of historic buildings, but again, it's not um, a living history museum. All of yeah, those you, historic buildings have become businesses. So you're a living of, history museum. Mm-hmm. This, this is what people got to understand. This is, and, and it, the, ex, the uh, experience is outdoors. It's not like it's indoors, so to speak. And, it, you know, unless you wanted to walk through one of the buildings and stuff like that and just kind of experience that and the actors in there. I call them actors. They're not actors. I want to stop saying We call that. them interpreters. Interpreters. Mm-hmm. I like that. That sounds a little bit more <laughs> more professional in this line of work. <laughs> but they're, because they're, you know, they, they're, they're interpreters. They're, mm-hmm. they're, and they're not, are they able to talk to you now? Or I knew there was some thing like that. Do no, they, no, no. We, we went over this last time. You did. We, I know. Slap uh, me. I need some coffee, Tara. I just, I just, I'm. We, so they are first person. They are Okay, not, that's a first person. Okay. Right. That, they are not third person. So okay. they speak just like you and I are talking. Okay, so we're not going in. Okay, no, I'm sorry. No, we can have real that. conversations. So it's not like, 
oh, thy would be no. this way, mm-hmm. oh, that way. No, you know, where they have to completely like, pretend and stay in yeah. Whatever the accent was back in the old days, it was <clears throat> no. probably from the old country. No. Okay. No, they are totally <laughs> okay. themselves okay. and able to have a regular conversation with you. That's great. Say, well, tell us about the you know blacksmith here. What, what do they do? So it's we're learning, we're engaging. There's, there's all this stuff that can still be going on and having a good time. Right. And you guys bring them down. So... Let's go to Tara Martinez just for a second too. Let people because there's some people watching and those who are seeing. Who are you? Yeah, and and those who are visually (laughs) able to see those those wonderful eyes of yours. She looks like an actress. She could be an actress. But tell us a little bit about what brought you to Fort Benning. Do we really want to go there, Bob? Oh, well, <laughs> sort of. I, I mean, I just, I know, I just like hearing the story again. You know how I am. But I just, um, I think there's going to be, I'm just thinking out of the box other people that are going to be yeah, well, wanting to know okay, who Okay, so are. we came here by way of my ex-husband. Okay. My ex-husband is retired from the Army. Okay. And w- this was, Fort Benning was his last duty station. Okay. And this is where he retired from. And so I stayed here um, when he retired. And we got divorced. And our plan was, my plan was to stay close, keep the kids close to him. Mm-hmm. Um, not long after he picked up and moved to Virginia and I stayed in Columbus. You know, I, I came here by way of my ex, um, but historic Westville was the first job I got when I came to Columbus and it's been almost five years. That perfect I've been working fit. at Historic you've, you've Westville. You've been a perfect fit for a while. <laughs> People got to know. It's funny how you land into something like that. Did you do, what was your other vocation before? You'd Nothing to do with yeah. museums right. or history well, What did you do? What all. did you do? Um, I have kind of done a lot. So yeah. obviously I was in the military myself. Yep. After I got out of the military, I worked um, as a government civilian. Mm-hmm. So I was a GS employee. If anybody knows how the GS employee system works, in order to, unless you're in a job that has certain promotion what they call promotion potential will rank you up. Um, You have to basically switch positions. So in order to promote or move, you have to change jobs. So I have done everything from travel, like as a, what they call a TDY travel clerk um, to working in the G3 for ops um, for the combat maneuver center in Germany. I have done human resources. I have worked in medac. I have been a, um, a Peblo, which helps um, soldiers that are being medically retired out of the military um, fill out their, go That's through that medical deal. process. Yeah. yeah, when you go through the transition. Um, that whole process has changed since I stopped doing that. But um, I've done a lot of things. See how humble she is? I'm just <laughs> trying to point out something here, Tara. It, you, you just, you were like, so right away, you see how you, you didn't put it on yourself? You, you immediately went, well, my husband, my ex-husband's one who brought me here. You never even said, I, I was, that's what's remarkable about you. So you got to give yourself some credit here. <laughs> this is why you're in a position like this. And people want to know, you know, what is it about you that gets you so passionate about this too? Your MOS or these jobs you had, I want to, you're not, how many people call you G.I. Jane or G.I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't do that. No. <laughs> but you, you had your, you enlist, you, did you enlist and then became, or you were NCO? I was, or? I was enlisted. Enlisted. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you worked here in, in these various positions. So logistically, you have that mindset. I can tell you, if you did HR, you did planning, you did strategic, you've been vetting people out and or, you know getting back and transitioning into civilian you know, kind of life, you, you're good for this. Do you realize that's why you're, I mean, because you can tell when you're talking through this whole thing. I'm just trying to you know, give you some props here. I mean, you've got a lot. And I want people to understand who you are and what you're doing that you know, this is a good way to, to help out. I do out. too much. You do I think a lot. I'm yeah. overextended. I uh, I do a lot of things. Yeah, you, I do a lot of things. You do, but it's good. You're a multitasker. You like to do a lot, but it keeps you busy. Keep the mind moving. But I think all that is is critical to this this operation. I don't think you would never have been here five years. But what if you had your wish list right now, your little magic wand? What, what do we need now 
A million is, dollars. Okay, really? Okay, no, seriously. I mean, is it <laughs> No, true? yeah, seriously, a seriously, million dollars. Okay, million, so we got to get <laughs> And that'll last us a year. Oh, are you kidding me? Wow, wow, I didn't know that. See, there, there, there's a lot that goes in there. We have a very large operating budget. Um, obviously, because we have a large footprint, our staff is very underscaled for probably what it should be for the size of the, you know, for the footprint that we do have. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to work on a very minimal staff, and we're technically we're understaffed, and so all of us wear... 10 hats, mm-hmm. um, but our utility costs are extremely high. I wasn't you know. even thinking of that. But do they do what utility costs? They don't have electricity back then, do they? Or do they? Well, but unfortunately, <laughs> so, so only four of yeah. our buildings okay. um, have full electric. Okay. Um, every single one of our buildings has basic, the ability to pl- plug an outlet in. Basic electricity. Because Ben Franklin had it already invented at that time. Was that, am I right? I don't know. I guess so. Okay. Late, late. Yeah, late, late, later. Okay, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Um, But, so we do have basic, you know what I mean? We have eight meters on site. Okay. Um, But then all of our buildings that do have heating and cooling and electric are sites that either we have um, employees working in, they're administrative buildings, or like our Kaiser house where people can go in, they can sit and take a break from the heat when it's you know, hot outside and go sit in an air-conditioned building. They can eat lunch there. They can use the vending machines, the bathrooms. Um, but the same thing in the wintertime. Because we don't have heat in all of the buildings that our interpreters work in. Sure. And so our interpreters, they do suffer through the heat and they suffer through the cold. And they rely on their fireplaces in the wintertime to keep them warm. Because they, unlike us administrative staff that, you know, sit in our offices that are heated and cooled, they actually have to work out in the elements. See, that's, so. that makes sense. I mean, I'm you know, being a little facetious, but imagine even back in those days, they didn't have all those luxuries. Right. But I'm just thinking, but to keep the staff going and doing all that, a million dollars isn't really, I mean, it's a lot to you and I, but I know in cost of operations, that's not a lot. So what do we got to do to get that million bucks? Raise money. Okay. So where do we start? I mean, we... Or have started. I know you have. We allow, we yeah. accept stock transfers. We accept checks. Wow, wow. That's something <laughs> wow, <laughs> You can set up an endowment. You can set up... Um, we have all kinds of future planning, you know, that we can do. Good. Um, crowd, crowd fundraising, word of mouth. Purchasing. Some, there could be somebody from somewhere else listening to this and says, you know what, it, there, there's someone here listening to this podcast that is, are likely going to be like, you know, I would really, really love to love send them, to send them a them. lot yeah. of stocks. Yeah, that would be really, really, really <laughs> cool. How can we you do know, this? You know, my yeah. stock has done really well this year, yeah. and I need a tax write-off. There you go. So Historic Westville would be perfect. See? <laughs> Dylan, what do you think of that, Mr. Director? <laughs> Director Man here. Fantastic. Man. Show yourself. I'm about to, hold on. Oh, no. Just, it's all we're saying. Take that stock and write it over That's here. Right. Right. I mean, we want to help people. you. Right. It's been, <laughs> a good, it's been a good good uh, start of the year for stocks, though. I mean, right. so. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Help people, us people help really you. should. Yeah. They should. I, right. I, I've never heard that. That's the first I've ever heard. So why not? That's a super idea. You yeah. never had that money in your pocket anyway. So if you never had it, it's just on well, paper. Well, I mean, so and we just, we want to help you get, yeah. maximize your, you yeah. know, profits as well. So, you know, you need that tax write-off. Allow us to help you. She's good. <laughs> She's good. She's good. She knows how to talk. <laughs> so you learned a lot there in the military. I know you did. That's good stuff. So, I mean, and that's what you got to do. I mean, there's a, there's a lot to it. It's not easy to do that in, in this day and age. Is it more local or do you get some outside? No, it's pr- it's almost all local. Okay, it is wow. almost all local. Wow. I mean, we we have a generous community here. We Very, do. Yeah. Um, 
one of our struggles up until recently, and a lot of people don't know this, and I'm sure if you were, you know, anybody that was in the news when we first broke ground here in Columbus, our site is also on what was formerly tribal land, indigenous land. Okay. And so um, anytime you're on, because obviously the Muscogee was named after the Muscogee tribe, right? Right. So even Fort Benning, all of um, Fort Benning was all previously tribal land. And so during construction, we actually came across um, remains. And so we had to start going through the process of reinterring those remains and notifying the tribes. And um, it, it ended up, there was, that was a whole mess. But um, what happens is when you start receiving federal funding, there's a lot of steps that you have to take. You have to have um, somebody that surveys. You have to have archaeological surveys. You have to be able to mitigate if you do any kind of digging or planting or moving. All of those things that take, um, there are steps you have to take when you receive federal funds. And so up until recently, we had not put a plan in place and didn't have um, the ability to accept federal funding. One of our staff members now was previously employed at Fort Benning and has a background in um, archaeology. Wow. Okay. So we got lucky with that. So that helps right there, yes. Um, So now we've kind of put a plan in place with how we can mitigate and prepare for, you know, we've already been through the NAGPRA process. Both of us have great relationships with the tribes. Um, And so we have a plan in place that now we can start approaching the federal funding but a lot of those grants, too, are very time-consuming, and it's, it's a manpower thing as well. You know, anybody sure. that's ever done any kind of grant writing, that's two full-time jobs almost in and of itself. Um, so just having, you know, it's, it's a very time-consuming process, and some of those, especially the larger grants, can take a year two years for those funds to come in. So, I mean, we really just need kind of, if we could get some, have a buffer to where we are able to kind of get something steady and a flow, mm-hmm. we just have not... We keep getting, you know, we open and then we close and then we open and now it's like, what's going to happen with this Delta thing, you know? Right. And so. Let's pray that everything is like kind of peaking and we get a little bit of a break here so it can get you guys that momentum you need to, to, to continue right through there. Because if somebody's going to invest and they know, God, you guys are facing tough times, it's, you didn't want to feel like it's futile. Nothing's futile. It's something that's good that you're doing. Right. But, but we want to make sure that it's going to continue. And I think it's just important to let people know that, you know, again, that's the whole like buying local mentality, right? Yeah, right. Is just supporting the community. How many of us, and I'm guilty of this, well, a little bit, um, of traveling outside of Columbus to do things. Because I always say, oh, there's not a lot to do in Columbus, and especially you have kids. But we're one of the few things that you can do with kids in Columbus. Sure, right. Um, and it's just to make sure that, you know, for every dollar that you spend in your community, you know, about 60 cents of that stays in the community. And so you want to, you know, every time every time you spend a dollar outside of the community, that's a, a dollar that sure. a family in Columbus is losing, you know, or a business in Columbus. And a lot of people, again, don't look at us as a small business, but we really are a small business. We have a large footprint, but we're considered a small business. You know, we only employ about 15 people. Yeah, so that's so. that's important. And, yeah. and you don't realize what, you know, of course, the undertaking, the overhead is what, what we gotta keep, mm-hmm. you got to keep looking at. I right. mean, that's the way it's going right. to have to be. If there is a strategic plan, if there's something for historic, you know, you know, Westfield, what are we going to do? You know, is it a five year? Are you just looking year to year? Are you just, are you at a point where is it just? I mean, I've I've got lots of visions of what I would like to see five, 10 years from now. You know, I don't know that I'll be here then or what the next, you know, person in charge is going to, what their vision is going to be. Every time you get, you know, Mm -hmm. new leadership, you kind of get a, the vision changes a little bit. Um, 
and you know we're working on getting some new board members right now and hopefully with new board members it'll bring a new energy too so we can kind of have that strategic sure. plan okay. um, because it hasn't been because we were in the moving process and then opening and so all of that's kind of shifted mm-hmm. and we have had some leadership changes over the past couple of years as well um so we you know a strategic plan is definitely part of that and um you know we have a lot of work to do as far as in diversifying our interpretation and i mean i had all of these high hopes for exhibits and you know we still have phase two as well i mean we still have buildings in lumpkin that need to be moved up here to okay. columbus to I expand our village i didn't even know that yes. so how many are we talking about 14 Wow, so we're going <laughs> to almost double what you have now. Yes. That would be so cool. Well, so we have, you know, so the cool. structures that we have in Lumpkin, too, are like our um, cotton gin, our cotton press. Huge structures sure. that are going to cost a lot of money to move, but add so much to interpretation, you know, oh. visual things. And then to be able to do our um, sugarcane milling again. Sure. And to be able to do our pottery on site again. All of those things that we used to do in Lumpkin to be able to bring those buildings here to Columbus would only expand and make the experience that much better. If anyone had a crystal ball, would it not even know, like say, oh, we knew this COVID thing, a pandemic was going to come around the corner. Would it still have kept you guys down in South Lumpkin? I know that sounds crazy. To no, say so admissions and um, fundraising and stuff in Lumpkin kind of started falling off around 2008. They say really before that, they say 9-11-ish time period. Okay. Obviously, we know what happened in 2008. There was a big economical um, kind of depression, recession. Yeah. Um, And so that kind of, you know, and then if you think about funding cuts to schools, they say back in Lumpkin 10, 20 years ago, you would see school buses just lining the county roads. I mean, gotcha. they would see yeah. a thousand people a day, you right. know. Um, and so when field trips kind of s- stopped having the funding, and this is still a struggle even now for um, like Muskogee County and those places, it's a struggle for them to be able to afford field trips. A lot of that is the bus funds and being, you know, there's shortage of bus drivers and co- the cost. Um, so it's really for them, they're not even able to book a lot of those field trips. So we have to come up with ideas with how we can get, how we as an organization mm-hmm. can acquire grants so that the schools can ha- come and have field trips. I, so. I think it would be, it just makes sense. I mean, and it's out there. I, I think it would be, I mean, just from my point of view, one of the safer field trips these days. I mean, kids are still on a bus as now a federal, um, you know, guidance through a CDC. They have to wear masks anyway or whatever. They have right, to but they're still in very, cl- they're still riding still a bus. Clo- riding a bus, right. <laughs> right. And then when they get there, they're off the bus at least, and they're outside, and at least they can experience something yeah. and kind of give them a little peace of mind too. Like, you know, come. And we do have a few field trips. You know, we do have some teachers booking field trips. Yeah. I think it's the same teachers that, you know, we got I know, yeah. before that are super excited and hoping it's going to work out. Yeah. Um, but I'm a little bit of ambivalent because I'm, I'm thinking that the probability that field trips are actually going to happen is slim. I don't want to wish that upon us, you know, because like I said, when we first opened in June of 19, come that fall, we had field trips booked up until the end of the year, like Christmas time. We had every single day we had a field trip. So we were seeing Sundays, three, four hundred kids a day, Wow. you know, and people don't realize that, you know, all of these field trips and we are very low priced. I mean, my kids go to school in, or in Lee County and I've spent $20 as a parent on a field trip. Sure, sure. Well, we only charge students $5. So obviously the schools probably have to increase that cost slightly to adjust sure. for gas and buses. And so maybe they're paying eight or $10, um, but it's $5 a child. 
mine. You can't get any can't. place like that. There's no way. You can't. And you can spend hours, hours at this. That's the thing that's just so. I mean, it just it just pains me to think that you you had that kind of momentum going on before. So if this is the only thing that makes it lost, we have to regain it back. I, it, there would still, so that I mean, tells I, me I there's still an interest. Not, I say it's, yeah. it's not the only thing. Right. You know what I mean? There has to be, it's a constant game of fundraising. Yeah. It's a constant sure. game. Like I said before, admissions and visitation, that's only a fraction of our budget, but it's a huge boost to our revenue. You know, like it, it, it does make a difference when you're seeing three, 400 people in a day or three, 400 students in a day. Great to not only have our locals here that do such a one and know, and we appreciate everything they've done in very generous this community to help support, but maybe, you know, maybe there's somebody outside of this area that could actually help do the same. I mean, it would be great to see if they could kind of, you know, add, add a little boost to that. Like yeah. we were saying and there, there are, yeah. there's a lot of foundations and organizations and stuff in the Atlanta area and up in Northern Georgia yeah. or just regional in general. I and mean, we do have people that come from Dothan. We have people that come from, we have a, one of the schools we have booked actually not until the spring, but I think they're coming from Montgomery. Oh, wow. So we do okay, see good. people from two, three, four hours away. Okay. Yeah. So then it makes it worth it. And it's worth the trip. It really is. Gosh, well, you added 14 more buildings <laughs> to the gin, yeah. cotton gin mill and all yeah. this kind of stuff. I called the gin mill. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? It just. Uh, I mean, we'll have a still one day, maybe. Still, maybe. <laughs> we can have a drink on the side while we're there. You know, we talk about doing some beer just, or something. I, I, I slipped. Yeah, it's better for you. I get less headache with that kind of vodka. You get mm. here, just potato beer, you know, all this. But anyway, but folks waving outside of our podcast. <laughs> so, no, but I mean, that, I mean, seriously, th- this is th- 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 this is on a precipice of two things. It's gonna keep. We're gonna keep going. Mm-hmm. What would be the worst case scenario? What? So worst case scenario yeah. is our doors close, and we have to close our doors for a while until we're able to raise money to get to where we can open back up and have a buffer and be able to operate. I mean that that is worst case scenario. And we're not, are we close to worst case scenario? Could you comment on that at all, or is or not necessarily there yet? Or I we- mean. I could definitely say by the end of the year, if we don't get some major support, that it it's a, it's a definite probability. Yeah, I mean we're definitely at risk, so folks, like any other small businesses. Listen, you know, we gotta get we gotta go. Let's start booking. Let's get people coming through here, and and let's get the momentum and energy. Yeah. I think when people seeing is believing, and it becomes. That's why I say reality. you don't know until yeah. I always say the best fun the best way to raise money right from anybody is boots on the ground right. Yes. Come out and experience it. I mean, if there's somebody out there and you've never heard of us and you're thinking it sounds interesting and you want to give money, hit me up. I will set up an appointment. I will walk you personally around the village and give you a tour and talk to you. Come see it. Come see what it's about. And right here at the bottom of this podcast, we have a link for how you can make donations. We have a link here for uh, a historic Westville of of Columbus now, and you can kind of get a visual and see what it's all about. Their website's really great. Tara put some things together there as well, so it looks really cool as well. So those are some things we're gonna yeah, that we have here too. So for you guys to consider. On our Facebook page, we always we work hard to try to keep that updated about anything that we have going on yeah. or things that we're offering or what the interpreters are making or working on. So. Where do you find interpreters? If somebody out there wants to be an interpreter, it is how do you do that? Not easy. <laughs> gotta, you have to educate yourself. You got to know this stuff. So you just can't just pluck somebody. It is. Out the it's hard, yeah. especially when you're looking for somebody that's familiar with working with leather or somebody that has a woodworking and we're not talking modern day woodworking with modern tools. They have to be able to use historic tools, um, blacksmithing. I mean, so there are, there do tend to be a lot of blacksmiths in this area. I'm not sure why that is like you have Fort Mitchell and stuff. So there are blacksmith associations, 
And actually, the um, American Blacksmith Association, or the Association of Blacksmiths of North America, was founded at Historic Westville in the 60s. Wow. Just another little tidbit of Jeez, information. pretty interesting. So you'll see that plaque on our blacksmith door. Okay. Um, so there do tend to be a lot of blacksmiths, but even then, finding a blacksmith that's willing to do that as a full-time job, and it's not just their hobby, and, you know, so it's not easy. You have to find somebody that's able to not only talk to the public, and is comfortable talking to the public, but is also able to, to do some kind of craft so do you recruit who recruits um so we've (laughs) we have worked on how listing the jobs and how to work on that because we have made the mistake of using things like indeed well the problem with you know you might get somebody and and this is not to knock on anybody that's done this type of thing before because we've all done that especially if you're young whether you've worked at subway or a gas station or the grocery store and you think oh i can be an interpreter sure it's not happening. Not the same. So, you know, so we do tend to have a lot of, um, like, CSU students. Some of our people were former film students. Um, some of them just grew up having to craft, you know, like they, mm-hmm. like, leather making, leather working was their hobby. You know, our um, one of our last ones, like, he worked with leather. He had been doing it since he was little. Wow. Um, I mean, you, you, there's like a diamond in a rope, but they're there. Yeah. But you got to. They're there, but they're not easy to find. They're not easy to find. It's like a grain of sand at the beach. You got to find that one. Yeah. That one and then sand. you also have to be willing to work with guests and sometimes deal with not so nice people. And you have to be able to work in the elements. You know, not right. everybody wants to work in the heat and not everybody wants to freeze in the wintertime. And, you know, we try to like mitigate that with clothing and undergarments and fires. We try to, ins- that's another thing we struggle with. Like even in the wintertime is just keeping firewood sure, all the time. Because and that's so, why you would, you would heat. The yeah. And so we're up. always looking for free fire water for people to donate wood um, because that's a cost that people don't even realize is a cost. Gosh, I am just, I, <laughs> children, are you like, I mean, this is crazy. I could go on and on and on. I didn't realize there was so much to it. No, it's oh, not just a museum. This, outside. And this is just a fraction, a fraction. There are Jeez. so many moving parts. It's not even funny. <laughs> and you said you're a multitasker. That makes good sense. Right? And, uh, you I know, don't you, say I do it well. Right. Well, they always say multitasking is not good, but it's a bunch of, I don't believe that. I you mean, know, I always say I'm a jack of all task. trades, yeah, a master right. of none, but I was just having that conversation yeah. with somebody the other day. I'm like, but if you can't be good at any one thing, then you probably suck at all of them. <laughs> so really, I mean, who knows if I'm actually great at anything. It just seems like in today's world, you have to be able to do more than one thing. Although they, they'll say, psychiatrists will say, it's better if you, if you master one thing, that's where you're supposed to be. You don't want to do, but it's, it's not. I know, I mean, but then you, you have, have friends like mine who yell at me all the time because yeah. they're like, got to make time for us and you have to make time for yourself and you have to say no because then I also I sit on the board for the Urban League Young Professionals and then I I'm on the board for um, the community warriors in town. Gosh, okay. and so I'm, yeah. and I'm also doing a congressional advocacy course, and I also started a business with my brother-in-law in Denver back in January. So I mean, you know, and yeah. I was a single mom, and so the, I, I probably do too much. Yeah, but and then you know work is a whole nother. My day job is just a whole nother. Yeah, it's multitasking. A whole thing. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm within it, so I don't. I you know, but I respect that. I understand that. It's just the way you're. It's the way you're geared. I mean, you're you were given that. Yeah, they say it's a trauma reaction. T- yes, it is. I think you were always like this. I bet you were a little girl. You were like doing this. You were already doing crafts over here. You're doing this over here with your friends and then doing a sport. I was over a here. little bit of a nerd. I love to read. Well, interesting. I love to do art. I drew a lot, but I was really kind of. Yeah, kept to myself, straight A student, didn't really, yeah, you would never know. No, no, I, well, I would see, no, I could see that, but the, it's just neat to see this new extrovert coming out of you uh, internally, you know, and being able to, to do all this I, stuff. I do, I, I'm a you talker. Don't, you don't realize what you can do. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, 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 that's great. But I, I, uh, 
I, there, there are so many moving parts with this. And you would think any kind of museum or outdoor museum, how, you know, I mean, the general person would say, yeah, I get it. You got to do it. But there's so many moving parts. It's so down many. to the people, the interpreters, too, how to keep the interpreters comfortable, how to mm -hmm. find the right interpreter, mm -hmm. to physically find somebody with a skill set mm -hmm. that understands how I mean, to use that technology. people don't even know what we have to go through to get coal for the blacksmith. I mean, we go all the way to Macon for coal for yeah, the Yeah, coal. Where do you get coal? Well, there Macon. was a coal... Really? Cause does Buck Ice do coal anymore? They don't do it anymore? Oh, they do it. They do it, okay. It's but not it's, really, it's not black. It's not blacksmith coal. coal. Yes, mm -hmm. there's a difference. It's not mm -hmm. the, it's like what they got from the coal mines of West Virginia back then in a big chunk of, right. and then they bring, right. God, it's so hard to comprehend. Yeah. The rail system probably. So we've been getting that. coal from Macon. Wow. Wow. So they, that's a cost too. Mm -hmm. I mean, how much would it cost to get coal from Macon? So we have to drive. Okay, to so go gas. pick it up. So, so gas. And then, you know, I mean, each load. And so we've only been getting like a month or two at a time. Um, but I mean, you're looking at seven hundred to a thousand dollars for just, just for coal to last you less than a quarter of the year. Holy moly! Mm -hmm. Wow. And of course, when business picks up, then obviously there's more consumption of it. Mm -hmm. You'd be using more to. But that's one of those it. things that, in order to demonstrate blacksmithing yeah. every day, we need coal. Yeah, that makes so sense. So there's all of these costs that people don't even acquiring leather. We have to purchase um, leather, you know, right. like hides. Yeah. And stuff like that. So, I mean, there's all Where of do you these get, things. Now, I know there's a lot of. So, there are companies like Tandy Leather. So, we order from like Tandy Leather. Okay, and so we can, can get like the large gotcha. quantities or okay. large pieces of it. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Because you just think of that. I mean, there's, I see cows all over the place when I'm driving. Yeah. It's not so that we, easy. I don't, don't think PETA would like us very no, no, much if not. we had, no, no. we like, we talked about like yeah. before we opened. We were originally supposed to open in 2008. So, that was a whole other issue with our kind of um, financial stuff was just the delays in opening. Um, but we had talked about doing what they used to do where they would take the, like the pig down to the river and, you know, the whole skin, but, but that you would, you would run into a lot Peter, of problems. Yeah. Today. It's, it's, but that's it's the real, I mean, down on. <laughs> and, and I, I, I mean, I understand it's checks and balances because you make it some people. Yeah. It's it maybe not as, as good, but just think, but that's, that would be something that an interpreter would have mm -hmm. to know, have that some of that knowledge to mm -hmm. explain the it to somebody, process. the tanning process. Mm -hmm. Hey, look, you know. We, we, we have this hide here, but you know how this all started or mm -hmm. how this pig's hide came here? Right, and boiling and, it down yeah. and mm -hmm. for the hair coming off and all yeah. Of that, yeah. Yeah, because you had the, you know, you had, we have a lot of pigs running. <laughs> we do, we really do. I mean, yeah. Fort Bend, Chattahoochee County oh, in this we region, had major issues. Even down where you yes. guys, Oxbow Meadows, yes. a lot of pigs down there. Yes, they were tearing up our little, site. Little boogers. And they're mm -hmm. not, and I, I put that, like I say that gingerly, but they're they're dangerous. Oh, they're, yeah. It could be we, deadly. Yeah. So we had also areas, and there we haven't had as much of a problem, especially since now the RV park mm -hmm. it has gone in. Yeah. Um, and so there are people that are kind of help, helping mitigate the hog yeah, problem. Right. But yeah, you'd just be walking down the trail and there'd be a hog sitting there. I mean, it, we don't see as much anymore, right, yeah, but we yeah. have, you wouldn't believe the tracks that we see out on our site all the time. Yeah. And we have lots of pretty deer and Bambi that, you know, little Bambis that, oh, that's so I know nice. that's one we, out with we their call, that. but I love I know, calling them Bambi. I call Bambi too. <laughs> we had some yesterday. I had uh, one of our meteorologists had like a whole bunch of them grazing. Like he had like 10 in a yard. I'm like, this is nice. Steps right on his back porch and saw that. Well, so we so know how nature is. you see is. the kids when you see them like, pr like just run across the trail or something. They're like, oh my gosh. So even though we have people around, we still see them, you know, yeah. on our side all the time. Exactly. Yeah. If, if, if this, if, the, if there's anything you can make like appeal right now, what would that appeal be that you can try to get somebody's attention? We want that I haven't already made that you haven't already made. I mean, or maybe what you did, or if you want to reiterate it too, just keep me employed. Yeah, keep me employed. That's right. <laughs> Why wouldn't you want to keep this right? wonderful person? Served me? our country well, and she's she's here. She's willing I've to stay. I've been told I'm not allowed to leave. You know, you're not. I don't. No. We don't want you. To leave. No, we don't want you to leave. We want to keep you here. Seriously, when when you have that's that, and I'm glad you said that because, 
you know, you, we got great, you know, our universities here. You got Columbus State University. You got Troy now. You got a campus here. Um, you, got, you know, Southern Union's up the street. And, um, or, you know, uh, you, you just got these great areas here. You got the largest urban whitewater rafting. You have a Blue Heron experience. You got Kelly Gardens. You can zip line across the river, whitewater raft, kayak. You can go to historic Westfield and them. I mean, there, there are so much to do There's here. There's a lot of cultural activities. A lot of cultural activities. Mm-hmm. We need to retain people. we got to keep good people. <laughs> the, this, the worst thing that could ever happen to me, even though industry may change, and now we have Mercer here right now. Mercer came which to incredible. town, which is good. we got to keep people here. We got to keep I good people. I think Columbus does seem to struggle yeah. with that. They yeah. really struggle with retaining talent. Yeah, and a lot of people go to school here, but then they leave. That you don't want that. Yeah. We don't want that, and we, we have, won't get into all that. Yeah, but. right. That's a whole other. That's, <laughs> that's another, a whole other that's podcast. That's another podcast. <laughs> but, but we can talk about. It. I mean, I don't even. You know, in the last few minutes here, I don't know if people would like. My, I know. Uh, opinions. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm a little you know, controversial. It's okay, it, but people, it's a real. I'm sorry, but the yeah. truth hurts sometimes. But we love our city that much. I do too. I mean, I I do so much here, volunteer, and just. Some you know I I, I I just love the city. I really wish people yeah. would get a lot more people would get invested in their communities. Yeah, they really need anywhere you're listening to the United States. Get yeah, get involved. invested, get involved, get invested, get involved, mm-hmm. get on a board, participate, volunteer, volunteer, volunteer. And it doesn't have way. to be yeah all the time. Even right. if it's you know once a month, once yeah. a year, get involved. Yeah. Know your community. Know your. Then community. you can't complain about anything. That makes a better country, and I think oh, this absolutely. is this is what this absolutely. is all about. You know how we can well, help. A lot of people aren't even aware what people go through because they don't experience it themselves. And right. you know, I find that the majority of people that volunteer, I mean, this is even for myself, people that volunteer, it's because they were affected. Yes. Right. So the you exactly know, food right. security is a big thing for me because I grew up knowing what it was like to not know, you know, what your meal on the table is going to be or right. those things. So I know that a lot of people that volunteer have been affected or have experienced that. But I think it's still important for people to to know what other people go through. Right. You food know? insecurity is a real yeah. deal, and then we, we see and housing, housing and yeah. all of those things. You know. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. which is pretty good. Yeah. Anything of me? Do you just <laughs> chat, ask anything? Uh, <laughs> Are you? No, I'm just kidding. I know, yeah. <laughs> no. But I just, but, but it's, you know, we're, we, we got to, people got to just think and just say, well, look, and just get, you involved. Know, get the, involved. The more you know your community, you know, and it was, we were talking about this at work to do. It's like what you're, what you choose to support in your community is kind of that's not your, um, what you're invested in. It's kind of just shows your commitment to your community. You know, it's important to invest in your community and not just to know the people, but know what there is, you know? Right. Um, and it, it's that whole shopping local, giving local, keeping local, you know, just get out and experience things. And a lot, like I said, a lot of people just don't even know what there is right. that's here, you know? Live in the Viva Loca. <laughs> Living a viva loco. That's right. That's right. We just want we want you we to stay local. No, we, I know we won't talk okay. about that. It's terrible. It's ter- talking to we'll Tara Martinez here. We'll work on that a little bit. Como está mi amor Roberto? Just well Oh gosh. I know. Leopo Italiano is where I'm at. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, that, that's why. That's why. So, uh, Tara, you did. It's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, this is good stuff. We applaud what you're doing. Continue to do it. We want to do whatever we can on the Bob Jeswell Show or any shows like this to support you. Thank you. In your efforts. We need volunteers, folks. Come on out. Absolutely. Volunteer. Get engaged. And check. we don't have, you don't have, there does not have to be a set schedule, a minimum number of hours. If yeah. you want to do it once and you decide you never want to come back, but if you want to do it once a month, once a week. I mean, we have people that every day, the same day, every week they come. They're just so taken aback. Just because regular. Because it brings you back 
to well, the, we have a volunteer, my favorite volunteer, Miss Laura, and I just hope she listens to this. Um, Laura, she <laughs> she has been volunteering for us, and I think it's 15, almost 16 years now. Wow. And, I mean, rain or shine, like she is every Monday, every Friday. Okay, well, shout out to Miss Laura. Miss Laura Yates. Love Thank that you. woman. Thank you, Miss Yates. <laughs> we appreciate you but so much. But we have much. several volunteers that are like that. They're just committed, and they're regular. And so the, the volunteers that we do have are really invested, but we need more of them. Okay. Well, that's the way we're going to end this. Yeah. We got to make sure that we get more volunteers. We need people to please in any city that you're in, or if there's different ways, be creative ways of trying to help support mm-hmm. historic Westville, Georgia, Columbus now from Lumpkin, Georgia moved here and 19, 2019 COVID strikes. They get hit hard <laughs> like many people did. And we need your support to yes. help preserve historical oh, stock transfer. Yeah, stock transfer is a great way of doing it. I love it so much. I, lo- I love it. Infectious laugh. Thank you again so much, Tara Martinez, thank you for, for joining us. Me. This is great. And I want to thank everybody at home, too, because when you're watching and listening to the show, you can always catch these full episodes. And remember, at the bottom, you'll be able to get some donations. We're going to link all that there for you. Of course, it's right there right now when you're checking us out at WRBL.com. Every Wednesday at 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 Central, Mountain Time Pacific, wherever you are listening. And follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple, and iHeart. Those are some ways you can shop around to check out our podcast, too. Our podcast, Play Zone. It's at WRBL.com. Also, feel free to connect with me on Twitter and Instagram. You can do that as well at WRBL. Facebook at Bob Jeswald WRBL. Historic Westville on Facebook, too. Yeah, hey, hey. And Instagram. And Instagram. <laughs> and that's going to do it for us tonight, that's for sure. But always remember, as uh, Tara Martinez says, and what we've been preaching all evening, always take it off thyself. And one way to do that is just to give back to community, health, and fitness. Give it back to your own body, too. Nourish yourself. Drink a lot of water, fluids. Stay healthy and fit. Love you guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs>